we'll pick up where we left off last week, Proverbs chapter 1, and verse number 20. I done made a mess here. All right. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse, in the openings of the gates in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof, and behold, and behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and ye refused. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon, cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. They shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of the fool shall destroy them but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of the it shall be quiet from fear of evil let's pray our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you on this cold afternoon, this cold evening that people have gathered here to learn from your word, to feed from your word. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless this book study that we've started here in the book of Proverbs, understanding wisdom and trying to apply it to our own lives. Lord, we give thanks to you for all that you've blessed us with here at Winton Place Baptist Church. Thank you for its people, its, our, our unity. Lord, thank you for the visitors that's been coming here. Lord, we pray um, with our utmost desire that not only will the visitors keep coming, Lord, but that soon one of these visitors will walk this aisle, repent of their sins, and place their faith in you, the highlight of our days on this earth. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us. Amen. We have returned to our study on the, in the book of Proverbs last week. If you remember when we closed out looking uh, at Solomon, uh, making this statement to his son where he urged his son to heed the instruction of his father and heeded and urged his son to hear the law of his mother and then continued on in the closing of last week to warn his child about the dangers of throwing your hat in with the wrong company. But this evening as we pick back up in verse number 20, we are introduced to Lady Wisdom. 
First, I guess we can understand the demeanor of Lady Wisdom as she's presented to us. She does not have the demeanor of one who remains in silence. She doesn't have the demeanor of one who speaks in anger, but she is one who passionately cries out in love. Wisdom crieth out, verse 20 says, she uttereth her voice in the streets. You will notice that here in our text that our eyes are drawn to the voice of this woman. This is how wisdom is presented here in this portion of the text. To, to the action of this woman, to really to her beauty. This is, I believe, a literary maneuver on behalf of Solomon to present to us the beauty of wisdom in our lives. He goes on to show on how attractive this is, but understand as we move forward, as wisdom cries out from verses number 20 all the way to verse number 33, as she cries out, she doesn't cry out to us about how to get better fuel economy in our cars. She doesn't cry out how to get better grocery deals. She doesn't cry out about how to find a better job. These are not matters that pertain to wisdom. The matters that pertain to wisdom are matters of life and matters of death. We see that in verse number 20 and through 21. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates, in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, look at wisdom as she's uttering her voice in the streets. Even more, it is to present the image that she's uttering in the streets, up and down the streets, she's crying out in wisdom. In the, con the chief concourse, this is in the places of government, when it says they're in the gates, this is where business was conducted. It, it is to say that as this, um, as Lady Wisdom looks out, it doesn't matter where she turns, whether it's in the street, whether it's in the government, whether it's in the places of wisdom, uh, business, wisdom is lacking in her world. I'm sure that even us today, that as we look at our nation and as we look at the streets and what's happening in our nation, even in our own city, what's happening in the White House, what's happening amongst business people in this world, there is a lack of true wisdom. They may be genius in their own way. They may be able to build things that we've never imagined building, but they lack wisdom from above. First, I would like to understand the kind of preacher that wisdom is here in these verses with, with all of the passion and with all of the amplification of her voice. It doesn't say here that wisdom speaks. It says that wisdom cries aloud. And her, as we go through these verses, we'll see that her crying aloud, she cries for the hearer to hearken her voice. She cries for the hearer to hearken her message. And really, when you read through verses 20 through 33, you see that wisdom is really a fire and brimstone preacher. As you work through these verses, you'll see that she cries for you to repent or else. Repent or else. Repent or destruction. Repent or have no peace. Lady Wisdom will also let us know that you don't have to heed wisdom. 
You don't have to follow wisdom. You can hear wisdom, and she'll go on to tell us in verse number 26, you can mock wisdom all the days of your life. But she also brings to the understanding in 27 and 28 that there's coming a day where you will no longer mock wisdom. There's coming a day where wisdom will look upon you in your condition and laugh. I mean, that's a horrific thought in our minds, but it, it is the reality of truth. You may deny truth in this life, but eventually you will understand the truth that has been presented before you as something you should have clung to, heeded, and followed after. Well, I understand even more this evening. The voice of wisdom is still being cried out today. Verses 20 through 33 can never be made more clear when you insert the application of the wisdom of the cross. When you insert the understanding of the gospel message in verses 20 through 33, you can understand what Lady Wisdom is crying out in the same way the gospel is still being lifted up, in the same way the gospel is still being exalted as the only way, because it is the only way. And we understand that the cross of Jesus Christ is, is the wisdom of God. And we also say, though, our world is in a desperate mess. Our world is in a desperate need of Jesus. I mean, think about what she's saying here in verse number 20 and 21. She's talking about the chief places. I mean, think about this. In our world, how many thousands and thousands of years have we had politicians in the chief places? How many thousands of years have we had governmental systems ruling over different parts of this world? And have they made the world any better? No, indeed they have it. Even in the midst of all of these politicians, wisdom cries out. Wisdom is crying out about their need. Even in the age of all of these business people, when she's speaking about the gates, oh, business was performed at the gates. Think about this age and generation that we live in, how technologically advanced we are. Look how many people have come along. It doesn't matter whether it was Henry Ford or J.D. Rockefeller or the Rothschilds or the J.P. Morgan, all of these business moguls of our day. And yet as we read about their um, documentaries about who they are, we see their documentaries about who they are and how they achieved all of this great success we look at their lives and hear wisdom cry out that they've made a fortune of money and still died without Christ. Wisdom says you've made it far in this world, but you've still come up empty in an age in which we live in. In verse number 21 says that not only in the chief places of the concourse, but in the openings of the gates and in the city she uttereth her words saying, I mean, I mean, how far technologically advanced is our police today? They have radios, they have cameras, they have helicopters. And yet in this midst of all of these technological advancements in our police stations, yet what we find out is crime is still at an all-time high. Crime is going up. Crime is going up. We hire more police and it still does not stop crime from going up. What is the truth? That even a 
amongst the police station, verse number 21 stands true. Wisdom is crying. There's still a need for change in our nations. Cops aren't going to fix it. Politicians ain't going to fix it. Businessmen ain't going to fix it. They are in desperate need from wisdom from God, found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Even more, our society has moved forward. If the, if the politicians can't do it, we've tried pills, we've tried psych words, and so forth and so on. And it seems that this nation has moved on, surveying all of these areas. And we see this great mess and recognize in this nation, it is a desperate time to heed the wisdom of the cross found in what Christ has done. Hear me now. And Lady wisdom in this passage. She passionately pleads with you to hear her words and repent. Verse number 24 says, I have called, I've called, and ye refused. Now I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. You don't have to heed the gospel message this evening. You don't even have to heed the gospel message in your life. But understand what verse number 22 really puts on for us in the old, really verse number 24 through 27 really says that in the end, if you do not heed the gospel message, it will destroy your life. Verse 22, she continues on. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. Hear her cry. How long? How long? As she looks upon the streets, as she looks upon the governmental systems, as she surveys the situation in which she exists, she cries, how long will you live like this? How long will you live, you simple ones, live in simplicity? How long will you continue on this? It's, it's like the voice of the prophet crying aloud. How long are you going to go down this path? How long are you going to mock God's design? How long are you going to disobey God's rules? We are so wicked in this nation in which we live that people have now stood up and disobeyed and rebelled against God's word and then have now had the boldness to say that God has made them this way. How long will we continue on like this? How long, you simple ones, will you continue in simplicity? How long will you Keep trying to come up with new ways. How long will you continue to develop new ideas? How, how long will you hate knowledge? Verse 23, though, you can hear the, the love of this message, the love of wisdom. Turn you at my reproof, verse 23 says. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. Oh, it's to say, you foolish ones, if you will just hear me, if you will just hear my words and turn around, I promise you that I will pour out my spirit upon you. If you'll just hear the words that I'm presenting before you, I promise that I will I'll give you understanding. I'm going I'm to give you wisdom. 
And while, and yet while wisdom stands here today, and even this evening, wisdom says that I've, I've, I've offered you this opportunity. But the problem isn't that I've offered this. I've told you if you repent, I'll pour my spirit upon you. But you refuse. And in verse number 24, it says, but because I have called and ye refused, I, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Hear what the, uh, hear what Solomon is saying. It's like a child who reaches their hand out to uh, touch a stove or someone who's about to step in a hole or someone who's about to bump their head. Solomon says that wisdom has cried out and said, don't touch it, it's hot. Wisdom has said, don't take another step or you'll fall. Wisdom has cried out and said, duck your head. But instead of heeding my wisdom, you continued on in your foolishness. You've continued on even though I warned you that destruction was coming for you. I told you not to go. I looked upon you. I stretched out my hand. And the text says, I tried to lead you. Wisdom says that as he looked upon you in your life, he could tell that you didn't know which way to go. He could tell that you didn't know the path. I stretched out my hand to lead you in the correct way. But even when I stretched out my hand, you would not reach out for it. Here, the wisdom of the cross today, we see this same manner. We lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. We cry and beg for people to repent of their sins so that they can find safety in the cross of Jesus Christ. And yet they do not repent. Yet they continue on in their own ways. Yet we understand that in the end for all of them is destruction. But why do they do this? Why do they continue on? Proverbs says in verse number 25, But ye have said it not on my counsel, and would have, and would none of my reproof. So, Solomon says, you know what the problem is? They wouldn't hear it. All of the preaching, how frustrating is this for us at times? To go to somebody's door, to go to somebody we care about, to begin to preach the gospel, lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ, and as you're pouring your heart out to them, they set it aside like it means nothing. They wouldn't hear none of it. It seems that Hey, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there where you seems that you poured out your heart. And as you're preaching the gospel to them, your subconscious is saying, we are making progress. They're listening. It seems, Lord, do something here in this moment. And as soon as you stop, they bring up a sporting event, looking for the closest ramp to exit off this conversation. They would hear none of it. Solomon says, this is the problem. I've called, you refused, I stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. Why? It wasn't because they didn't love me. When this happens, when you're preaching to your family and you're telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not because they don't love you as their dad, their brother, their sister, their whatever, their father, mother. It's because they don't, they said it not the words of Jesus Christ. They believe that the wisdom that they have retained in their own hearts and minds, is wiser than the wisdom of God. They set it all at naught. They set it aside as if it were not true. But according to verse number 26, there's something that must be understood. 
And we understand this even today because so many have rejected the message of the gospel. Our text says that there's, there's coming a day where wisdom will laugh at their calamity. Uh, a couple of years ago, when my son was, both of my sons were really getting into uh, trying to tune up people's lawnmowers. I constantly would be working with Caleb, and he would get so focused on the matter. Several times I would say, Caleb, watch your hand. Because before long, he's focused on adjusting the throttle body, and his hand starts drifting towards the exhaust pipe. And I would scream, and he would pull his hand back. Well, as we, many of you may know this, but it was like a year and a half or two years ago, he was working. And as he was working, I was gone away from home. And when I arrived home, he was like, his hands all wrapped up. And when he unwrapped his hand, lo and behold, across the palm of his hand, burned right in the words hot. You know, when he said that to me, I showed it to me. I laughed just like you did. I said, I told you, boy, I told you that was what's going to happen if you didn't be careful. I mean, how many times do I have to warn you before you're going to listen? But in that moment, it did cause a smirk to come in my face, to come upon my face. And in the same way, Solomon says here in verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Understand in the very same manner. As wisdom is preached in this world by the gospel through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is coming a day that this same message will mock their condition. There's coming a day while they're in agonizing anguish in their condition that they will be reminded of this gospel message, but it will mock them in the aspect that they knew it, it existed, and yet they can no longer attain it or have it or receive it. It was like in the days of Noah. There's coming a day with, with the same wisdom of the cross. In the days of Noah, they mocked, they laughed, and it was funny, ha-ha, to them until the day God showed the door, and in the day in which God shut the door, no one could enter in. They realized then, in that moment, that Noah was actually wise in building the ark, that these 120 years of labor wasn't so foolish, and that indeed he, he was truly wise in which he was saying. And I believe that there's many people, even in hell today, who understands that the people who are on earth preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ now recognize the wisdom that they heard from others. I guess you could say that this was most clearly manifested in Luke chapter 16 when the story of the rich man and Lazarus, when they entered into hell after both of them died, the rich man in hell looked up and seen Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. The first acknowledgement that Lazarus had some wisdom in his life because Lazarus wasn't in hell. Then, Laz then the rich man cried out for a drop of water in which the rich man could not receive. But notice this in that story that the rich man understood who preached wisdom. He understood who to send. He said, send them to my house so that they may tell my brothers. He didn't say, resurrect me from the dead. He didn't say, pull me out of hell. He said, send them same preachers who preached the wisdom of the world, who preached the wisdom of God in the world. Send them back to my brothers. He knew where wisdom came from. He knew the wisdom of God. But even in that moment, it was too 
late for water. There was no turn. There was no deliverance. There was no coming back from that. In that moment, the wisdom that he once had an opportunity to access was now shut off from him. This is what he's saying here. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Verse 27, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me and I will not answer. You see that? It's when the pain finally came. It's when the agony finally came. It's when the anguish finally came. Then they began to call upon wisdom. It wasn't till that moment when they had their life of luxury. In Luke, when he says he fared sumptuously every day, he didn't think about wisdom. When he was living his lavish lifestyle, enjoying the things that he enjoyed on earth, he didn't cry out for wisdom. But when he got this awakening, when this reckoning, finally came. Then he cried out for wisdom. In verse 28, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. You see that? It, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. And because they despised all his reproof, because they would not heed his counsel, because of all of that, he says, therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But for those who listened, he says, verse 33, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell slave safely, and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. This is a repetitive thought. It's a, I love it that it's repetitive too. Constantly we're reminded in all of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament alike, for those who have trusted in the Lord and placed their faith in the Lord, safety is found. And the New Testament, Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. 
You see, the wise man found safety. Even more, for those who were wise to found safety, but for the unwise, for the fools, for those who didn't adhere to wisdom that's always been taught in Scripture, great is their fall. There is no more tragic word that could be said of you in this life than that of the word that you are lost. Lost in this world, not geographically, but lost being apart from a relationship with God. Unsaved, unjustified, no knowing of what the means to be sanctified, not knowing what it means to be filled with the Spirit. There's, there's nothing worse that could be said of you than that word lost. And understand that there's no greater... Um, no greater fall than anyone could have. There's no greater fall. Yeah, there's, I guess to say that's the best way to say it. There's no greater fall that could be had in him. He said great was the fall of those who didn't place their faith in him. And great is the fall to the soul who dies and wakes up in a place called hell. A place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. A place where the worm dieth not. So wisdom cries because of the reality of hell. Because of the reality of what it means to be condemned forever. What it means to be outside of the ark of safety forever. She cries everywhere she goes. Wisdom looks at this nation and sees that the answer is the Lord. Wisdom doesn't hang our hats about who's going to be the next presidential candidate that they're going to turn this world around. It doesn't look to the next sheriff. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be out here voting wisely. Don't say, Pastor, say we don't need to vote. Trust Jesus. All right? I'm saying we should vote. But I'm saying that I don't look to the next president. I don't look to the next sheriff. I don't look to cameras being on the front of uh, our street corners as being the answer to the depravity of the human heart. They need the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God today is made manifest in the wisdom of the cross according to the book of 1 Corinthians and what Christ has done on Calvary. Notice lastly here in closing, he says, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. I tell you what, we are in wicked times. It's so bad now that if I even fall asleep thinking I left a drill, a screwdriver, or anything in sight in my car. Forget it even if my car is locked. If I think they can see it, I get up out of the bed in the middle of the night and will go out and drag it in. And by the way, I run back in because I'm scared. It is just uncertain times. It's even worse when you scare yourself like I do. You know, I think I hear something. We start talking to ourselves, just leave everything. But my whole thing is, is that we're, we're just in uncertain times. It, it, I don't know what it's like to not be worried that someone is going to do something. I mean, we lock our windows. We double check our front door. She checks it, I check it. It's out of place anymore. And since the people up the street got robbed, she don't even believe me. She checked the front door. Yeah, oh, I can't sleep until I get up and check it myself. So I just stopped checking it anymore. But 
what a thought process it is to dwell in a place, in a world in which we don't have to worry about crime and criminals and death and all of the struggles that this world brings as it looms in the depravity of the human heart. Yet wisdom cries out. And if we're going to be wise in such a wicked world, we need to be wise and cry out. We need to set forth wisdom. We need to draw people's hearts and minds to the true answer of such a, 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 a wicked nation. I thought as I come to the, came to a close in verse number 33 about that hymn, there's coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. And while we're longing for that day, you're not going to get it here unless revival sweeps this entire nation and all souls come to Christ. And the only opportunity we have of something like that happen is if we're wise and preach the wisdom of God to the wicked world. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for this opportunity to study. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be um, a light in such a dark world. I pray that you'll help us to be an answer for wisdom. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to call to light that uh, we don't need more social reform. We don't need more rules, regulations. We don't need more law enforcement. Law enforcement. We, we don't need more education. We need Christians to be Christians. Lord, help us to be what we say we are. Would be the greatest blessing this world would ever see if we would just behave like we say. In Jesus' name, amen.